Welcome to Bookish. I am your host, Ebony Haywood, and let's welcome Tim Wenders. He is the author of Coach, A Story of Success Redefined. I was just telling him earlier, this is going to be an interesting conversation because I don't think I've ever talked with anyone or at least had any extensive conversation with anyone who has lived or is living in an RV. And you know all about that lifestyle. So, and you know what? Uh, the movie that just came out a few years ago, what was it? Um, um, Nomad, Nomadland. Nomadland. Yeah, Nomadland. Yeah. I think that opened up a lot of eyes to that community. So, Tim, welcome. How are you? Great, Ebony. Great to talk to you. Yeah, I, I get that a lot. I'm actually right now for people that are looking at this in the passenger seat of our 40 foot uh, RV. It's a class A motorhome, motor coach that we uh, nicknamed Theo. That's his name. So we, we live in Theo and travel. Almost everything I own is in this 39, 40 foot vehicle. And in fact, right now I'm hoping it'll stay quiet. My granddaughter and wife are in the very back. The granddaughter's taking a nap and um, just unique things you have to deal with in an RV. It's awesome. And, uh, and we're blessed to be able to travel. It's a fun time. Okay, well, let's let's dive into this. Okay, so why, Tim, why should people redefine success for themselves? You know, I think the challenge with redefining success is I'm not sure that we did it the right did it right the first time. Most of us, I think we define success usually in the culture that we're in first world culture as what's our title, what's our job, what's our role, what's in our bank account, what do we drive, where do we live, who do we hang out with, and none of those things are bad on the surface, but Ebony, the challenge with that is, is it creates a real superficial definition of who we are, our identity, and everything else, and you know, the reason it resonates with me, and it's so important, is because I was that, in 2008, we had three companies. They would be valued at seven figures plus, and we owned a lot of real estate, and that'll give you a little bit of clue as to where this is going. Mm -hmm. Lived in a big house, all of that stuff. And by 2013, we were homeless, living out of a Honda van, traveling, and we were nomads. Now, we've regained ourselves and are much better financially than we were then, but I learned a lot about myself. I defined myself with those businesses, with our finances. And I think we need to redefine that. And so that's one of the reasons why it's kind of a mission for me to kind of nudge people to think about what success really means, really means to them. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting because um, I like if not, it was more than a few years ago, it was like 15 years ago. I was reading uh, Eckhart Tolle's book, um, A New Earth or something. Um, and he talks about how we define ourselves like what's the first thing someone asks you when they meet you well your name and then what do you do like and then that's that's who you are right you're what do you do and then if you if you're not like a ceo or a lawyer or doctor or maybe you're you're a clerk somewhere it's like now you feel a little less than um because you're not successful perhaps as the other person like we just we don't really understand how to identify people like you are so much more than what you do like there's so much depth to you no one can really truly even start to tap into that in like a five or ten minute conversation where they're asking you about your lifestyle 
Yeah. And, and you know, the, the challenge, it's even worse than that too, Ebony, because now we've got social media that allows us to too easily compare ourselves. You know, I look at Ebony and it's like, oh, she's getting in a convertible and she's there in California and she's going out and looking nice and all of that. That must be success. I need to pursue that. No, what I need to do is I need to get connected with, I, I believe we're created. I need to get connected to my creator mm -hmm. and find out why I was created. Why am I here? What is my purpose? What am I designed to do? And you know what? It's probably different than Ebony. It's mm -hmm. probably different than 7 billion people out there in the world. But if I don't quiet myself, spend time in prayer, meditation, whatever it is to get centered on what it is that I'm to do, then in all likelihood, I'm going to be copying someone, yeah. duplicating, living a life of quiet desperation, trying to do things that now I need, I needed to find success for myself. Yeah. So, so let's get, have you been, how have you been forced to redefine success? Well, I gave the story earlier, you know, when you're financially well off and you use finances to measure success mm -hmm. and you go from businesses, big house to Honda van, you mm -hmm. know, nothing less than zero in your bank accounts, you know, you're going to go through stuff. And my wife and I, Ebony, we say this all the time. We would not wish what we went through on anyone, but we're so thankful that we did because it's a lot out us to is forced us really to ask these questions and i mean this is kind of a little bit of a sidebar but i know you can appreciate this because you're a coach and you work with people it's unfortunate that people really go through significant change in one of two ways they either make a decision and they change habits and work on themselves do things and making make a you know extreme type effort to change mm -hmm. or some catalytic event occurs that forces them to change. Mm -hmm. Now I'm the guy that I'm coach. I know all this stuff, leadership development mindset, but my most significant change came from a catalytic event that forced me mm -hmm. to make a change. Mm -hmm. You know, what's, uh, what usually happens, Tim, is that you kind of get these little clues that there needs to be a change and then you ignore them and it's like the universe just gets your attention with some type of catastrophe, unfortunately. Yeah, and it, uh, it, yeah, like clues. I mean, I probably, you and I would have had a very different conversation like in 2007. You would have probably said something to the effect of, gosh, this guy's pretty bold, pretty confident, maybe a little cocky. Mm. But that but that works well in the business world. Right. It it really does, especially uh, it's unfortunate men can get away with that sometimes better than women. I hate to, don't want to go down that path. I know you work a lot with women and all, but it sometimes men can get away with it. Mm -hmm. I needed to to have a lot of those edges just knocked off me and whittled away. And, and, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, I think that the downturn happened to a lot of people. <laughs> I think yeah. that the way God dealt with me was, okay, now I've got Tim's attention. It's time to do some work on him. Mm -hmm. I've got his attention. Now we could do something. And that's yeah. kind of the way our journey went.
So, yeah, so let's talk about um, a little bit about the journey or specific part of the journey. So we already talked about the RV and your, you and your wife, you, you live this unique lifestyle. Tell us about your lifestyle and why you live this way. Well, so what happened was we were living in a big house, golf course community on a lake, all the, all the stuff, all the stuff that one would say, oh, boy, this guy, he is successful. And then we lost all that. I mean, literally, we went through bankruptcies, foreclosures. I mean, it, it was very brutal. And we really didn't know what to do. And so we started traveling. And we called ourselves nomads, because it sounds better than homeless, truthfully, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. seems to sound better. And so we started traveling, we traveled, spent some time in Australia, New Zealand, then some time in places like Tahoe and all. Now, we didn't own anything. We were just living in houses. We were actually house sitting for people. Mm. And so Ebony, the odd thing is, is that we loved traveling. Our souls were really nourished when we experienced new cultures. Now we're not vacationing. I want to make that clear to people. People think I'm on vacation. No, I travel. My wife and I travel. We go places. We spend two, three months, sometimes longer. We get, we, you know, we go to local restaurants. We try to meet some local people, experience the culture and learn about whatever is going on there. So we're not really vacationing and we're really not good tourists. We're really not good at all. And so, and so what we've done, we actually went to Bible school for a couple of years. And when we finished up in 17, 18, my wife said, I think we need to travel again but I think we need to get an RV. And the joke, Ebony, is that I didn't even know how to spell RV. I mean, I've never been outdoorsy. <laughs> I would be more the indoorsy type. Some people right. are like going, oh, so are you camping all the time? So no, we're in a 40 foot motor coach. Okay. <laughs> it's, we got a king size bed in the back and I've got wow. my office. I mean, you know, it's, it's nice. It's not probably exactly like a home but so so what it really does ebony i think the real question or the answer to the question is we literally have a freedom that i think everybody's got it they maybe not, don't recognize it because they've lived in this place for so long their kids go to school there they do their work there they've got a home they've got mortgages all that stuff we don't have any of that mm. we are able to go and travel to go places, I used the term earlier, that nourish our soul. The weather, we look for certain weather. Like right now, it's about perfect where I'm at. It's in the high 70s, and it goes down to the mid-50s at night. Perfect weather. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so we just like to experience those places in life that just relaxing and at peace. And it was very awesome, not that COVID was awesome, but when COVID came along, mm -hmm. we kind of looked at each other and said, huh. We've been living a, um, you know, a, a lifestyle that's separated out, you know, socially distanced before it was cool, before people knew what it was. Mm -hmm. We travel with our home. Mm -hmm. We go park somewhere. And so anyway, it, freedom. I, I can't really even express how free it feels to live this lifestyle. But so, Tim, do you do you have a, a regular home or is your home your RV? So I'm going to throw it back at you. What's regular? What do you I know, I, you know, what? when I was saying that, I was like, Oh, I don't know if this is even the right word. But okay, so I when I think of regular home, I think of your like brick and mortar, like, you know, I'm, see, I'm gonna make you redefine all that. What is home? <laughs> what is what is really home? The answer to your question is in the way you define it. No, we do not. At one point, we owned over 100 pieces of real estate. All that's gone. We, we don't have that anymore. 
this right here behind me, I'm in the front, but you know, about 30 feet behind me, almost everything we own is here. We've got a small storage unit with just a couple of little things in it, but this is it. I mean, we've got wow. a car. I'm sorry. We do have a car, uh -huh. but, um, but no, we do not have what one would call a air quotes here, a regular right. home <laughs> and, and very similar to you. Like people ask this question, they go, so when, where are you looking for the place to settle down? And I'm going, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll kind of go, yeah. hmm, kind of like I'm asking you, I'll try not to be obnoxious about it, but I'm going, what do you mean by settle down? Mm -hmm. Why would I, I mean, I, I actually, we are now looking for some land that, uh, you know, 10 to 50 acres that we might be able to kind of have. And mm. we're kind of, these people were thinking more about maybe growing our own food and doing a few kind of weird things like that or yeah. cool things like that, depending on how you look at it. But I, I don't have to do that because we are really enjoying the lifestyle that we lead. And it is very liberating. I can't express how liberating it is. Okay, I'm just going to go off script for for just a moment. I just like how do you travel um, from state to state or do you stay mostly in one state and just travel the state or how does that work? Well, we we move around. We can uh -huh. travel from state to state and currently I'm in uh, just outside of Rapid City, South Dakota, right on the edge of the Black Hills. Uh -huh. And beautiful part of the country this time of year and uh, not a real big city. One of the things we've learned, Ebony, I think you learn a lot about yourself when you start to travel. And I grew up in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta, went to Georgia Tech, engineer. My wife went to University of Georgia. We were we were like city folk. You know, we we grew up in a pretty big town. Atlanta may not be the biggest, but it's pretty big, pretty big city. And, and what we've realized by traveling is that we don't really enjoy cities anymore. Mm -hmm. We like smaller type places that, you know, you can get from maybe one side to the other in 20 minutes. And uh, we need a few nice restaurants. That's kind of the thing we like. You know, we need a few places to go, good coffee shop, things like that. Mm -hmm. But we really have gotten to the place where we really stay away from the cities and uh, not really way out in the middle of nowhere, but we kind of like to be close to places. So the, the answer to your question, we actually move around uh, mm -hmm. in about three or four weeks. We're going to be uh, getting the RV ready and we're going to be heading north and we're going to be spending about a month in Montana. Mm. There are three, there are three states that we haven't been to in our lives, not just in the RV, but as far as travel, it's North Dakota, Montana, and Alaska. We were planning to do Alaska and then COVID hit and it, it, we're still trying to think about how that might look going across Canada. But so we're going to go to Montana and then we'll probably come back to Rapid City. We love it here. It really is a nice spot for us. And then when it starts getting colder, because it gets cold in South Dakota, we'll head south. Yeah, And we really love, there's some spots down in Southern Utah where it gets cool, but not super cold, mm -hmm. but yet we could still drive about an hour and get to some skiing and snowmobiling and then also be about an hour or so to Vegas where it's toasty and warm. And so, so mm -hmm. we just, we move around, mm -hmm. we go where we think we want to go. Mm -hmm. That actually sounds really nice. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That when, when, I want to say something. This is real quick. You know how we yeah. get programmed. You've heard stories like this and, and I know you're a coach, so this is going to be interesting to you. Mm -hmm. Our first few months, we were kind of chasing some warmer weather because you do have to be mindful of weather when you live oh, yeah. in, a, in an RV, yeah. you know, it's cold weather, not our friend, super hot weather. We've got air conditioners and all, but not as much of uh, not as much fun. 
And we were down in uh, Southern, Southern California. I mean, near a place called the Salton Sea, which if mm -hmm. anyone's never been there, I, I don't like to say negative things about places, but there's no reason to go there. Okay. But we were there looking for warmth. I mean, it's warm. It's the desert. You know, right. we're not far from the Mexican border and all that. And we had, we had an issue with one of our air conditioners, Ebony. And as we were laying in bed one night, it was a little bit warm and we were thinking, okay, well, we've only got about another week or so here. And then we go up to Palm Springs and then we were on our way to Oregon. We were going to be spending the summer on the coast of Oregon a few years ago. And we looked at each other and this is paradigm. Now we're pretty bright people. We looked at each other and we said, wait, we're hot. We're uncomfortable. We live on wheels. Why are we staying here? <laughs> I mean, think about that. Our son, our son is 28. He also lives in his motorhome. It's yeah. a smaller one. It's about 25 feet. He was in Portland, Oregon uh, last summer when they had the heat wave come through. And it was like 110, it was hot. And he had a, a similar epiphany. He kind of asked himself, why am I staying here? I can't even really go outside, it's so hot. And so he packed up, drove all night to go east. I think he went as far as like Wyoming to get to cooler weather. And so it is a little bit of a paradigm shift and, and we're mm -hmm. still working through it. And I think it shows how all of us get kind of trapped in our mental state yeah yeah it reminds me of that the story and i'm kind of running out of time I have to, but it reminds me of that story of the um the elephant when they uh you tie the elephant by like a little string of one foot and he so he can't move and then when you loosen the string or cut the string off he still doesn't move from that particular spot because he's just used to it and i think that's just so hilarious like why are we here and we have a home on wheels like of course <laughs> Right? But we're just, you know, we're our thinking, our mindset is is so used to a particular way of living, like we have to stay here. No, that's actually a really great story. We we trap ourselves. We yeah, allow we ourselves to be trapped. Yeah. And defined by what we think success is. Yes. Yes. Well said, coach. So. Coach, tell us, as a leadership coach and business owner, how did you decide to write a novel? Oh, this was such a great story, Ebony. Uh, we were in the middle of the North Island of New Zealand in Tongariro National Park. And I'd actually been reading some scripture. I, I studied the Bible. And that's kind of my background. And I'd re I was reading scripture. And as I went to bed that night, we had zero financial resources. My wife and I were in a beautiful part of the world, but we were in a tough spot. You know, financially, we were challenged. And mentally, we were still working through a lot of the issues that we talked about earlier. And I, I got an idea, and I believe it was somewhat divine. I got an idea for a story. I got the beginning sentences, and I got the end, and then I got a lot of the filler in between. And it was an inspirational story of a middle-aged male that was going through extreme challenges and the journey that he goes through to redefine what success really means. Mm -hmm. And I think it was interesting that it came as a story because I would have typically written a leadership book or business book or something like that, you know, the seven keys to being a better leader or something like that, which even me saying it sounds kind of boring. <laughs> and I'm not taking anything away. There's some great books out there. But somehow I got a novel and I started, it started flowing. I won't say that the writing process was super easy because I'm more of a speaker and mm -hmm. teacher motivator type. 
but I will say that uh, the writing process as it flowed, I'm really excited with the way the story turned out. I think it's a good story, great story, but it's even better inspiration for someone who's looking for something to kind of nudge them to rethink some of those paradigms that we've been talking about. So what did you learn about yourself for our writing uh, the book Coach? I learned that these two fingers right here don't type very fast. Uh, <laughs> I learned that... Uh, <laughs> I learned that patience is something that I need to continue working on because the writing process is a very patient, you know, to write 70, 75,000 words is not something that you kind of wake up and say, I'm going to do it next week. Mm -hmm. It takes some time. I mean, this was four or five years in the making. I literally thought it would take a month or two. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've learned patience, which is probably something that all of us need. I think, Tim, I really needed it. Mm -hmm. And this book taught me a lot about patience. Mm, that's a great lesson to learn. Yes. Tim, this has been a great conversation. Can you tell us where we can find you? Sure. I'm pretty easy to find. TimWinders.com. Tim, W-I-N-D-E-R-S.com. And they could click on book or podcast. We also have a podcast that's pretty much this theme also. And they can learn all about me there at uh, that website. And I'd love to connect with them. They could also get a free download of chapter one of the novel. If they just want to see if my style, if it kind of fits them, they're more than welcome to go download a free chapter of the book. That sounds wonderful. Yes. I think I might do that. <laughs> I love reading. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tim. Um, I'm sure a lot of people learned something new <laughs> this conversation, especially if they're not familiar with the RV life lifestyle. And I think more importantly, it's that the idea of how do we really define ourselves? Like what is a home? That's a great question. I'm gonna be thinking about that all week. Like what is a home? Right? And you, it, all these little things that we kind of uh, take for granted, if we, if we really take the time to ponder what it is we think and why we think it, it can be like that small little shift can make a big difference. So thank you so much. And we're going to say goodbye to you. Thank you, audience, for joining us today. And I look forward to next week when I have, well, not next week, what am I saying? I look forward to next time when I have another fabulous guest on the show. Bye-bye. I'm not going to say goodbye to Tim, though, because I'm just going to chat with Tim for a moment. But bye-bye to our audience.